What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Joining us today is Hale Dwoskin who has dedicated more than four decades to teaching and sharing the Sedona method, which helps people alleviate their suffering and discover the truth of who they are. Hale is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Sedona Method, and the co-author of Happiness is Free and It's Easier Than You Think with Lester Levinson. He is one of the featured teachers in the book and movie phenomenon, The Secret, as well as the featured teacher in The Greatest Secret. He is also featured in the movie, Letting Go. Hale is the Director of Training, Chief Teacher, and Spokesperson of Sedona Training Associates, an organization created to promote the emotional releasing techniques inspired by his friend, mentor, and teacher, Lester Levinson. He is also a founding member of the Transformational Leadership Council. Hale, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's It's my pleasure. No, thank you. And just to give the listeners a bit of context, I discovered you uh, through a Jack Canfield seminar and your trainings that you carry on and teach have changed my life very deeply. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. Yeah. So before we get into this Sedona method and your strategies, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and did anything happen in your past that maybe drew you to a desire to heal or get involved in personal development? And if not, still interested in where you're from and oh. <laughs> what, what the background was like. Born and bred in Brooklyn, New York, uh, uh, and grew up in, in New York and Manhattan. Then I moved to Arizona, where I lived about 30 years, and I recently moved to Washington State, which has been a nice change. And uh, I was attracted to self-improvement and spirituality as a teenager. Uh, And whenever I did anything, it was not just as a participant, I always ended up facilitating in some way or doing organizing, I just jumped into it. And I met the Lester Levinson, the man who inspired this work back in 1976 at a seminar that I had organized for another seminar leader. And uh, what I found is that uh, I didn't really notice Lester in the seminar, but after, uh, uh, actually it was at lunch, we went out to lunch and Lester and I, the seminar leader, and I think the other organizer, and I was deeply moved by what what he was. He, he was this unshakable presence of pure awareness and peace and love. And uh, I, I wanted what he had. And that attracted me to take the Sedona method the following weekend. And during the course, I, at some point during the course, I, there was this recognition that, oh, this is why I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that was 1976. It's now 2020, still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. When you say, I wanted what he had, is there a way to put in words? Oh, yes. Felt like he no, had? No, I've only experienced this with a few teachers. The, and Lester was the first that I experienced it with. He was just a living embodiment of unshakable peace, happiness, equanimity. Uh, You could tell that some of this I noticed right away and some of this I noticed is spending time with him. But 
being with him was like being with a good friend who was also always calm, always happy, always looking out for, for your best interest, uh, not self-involved ever, uh, never put himself first. Uh, and he had this strong desire to help what he saw as the rest of him, because he didn't see any separation, discover what he had discovered. And there was just something about it that left me deeply moved. When you talk about these qualities, I'm going to throw in a question that might be a bit off tangent or uh, oh, off track because <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into the Sedona hey, method. Tangents, tangents can be fun. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they make it interesting. Exactly. So a lot of our listeners uh, have been involved in self-improvement, but a lot are new. And a question that I get a lot from our audience is how do I go about if I'm going to engage, say, a life coach or a spiritual teacher or a therapist, what should I be looking for? And when you talk about Lester, you see a man who is kind of living and breathing what you want and versus, oh, they're going to ask me these questions. And I'm curious, again, to like elaborate kind of on what drew you to Lester and what you might say to someone who say, oh, I'm thinking about going on a retreat or joining a program and, you know, maybe, oh, this is what you should look for and how the Oh, well, actually, actually, that's living. a that's yeah. actually a very good question for people yeah. to focus on. Yeah. So, uh, when when I met Lester back in 1976, the the self help spiritual space was nowhere near as crowded as it is now. Right. So this question wasn't as important as it is now. It really is important now. And so there are two things. There are two levels to look. First off, if someone is teaching you what they haven't learned, then go to somebody else. Because if they're, try if they're learning on your dime, even if it's just your time, you probably could do better. But if they're a living embodiment of what they're teaching, and it could be anything, they're, they're really good at making money on their own, not just from you. And that's a key point. A lot of people go into uh, to teaching people how to make money as their business. And that's the only way they've ever made money is teaching other people how to make money and their tools may not be tested. Right. Uh, so one is they, they should be able to do what they're trying to show you how to do. Yeah. Period. If they don't, I can't, don't study with them. And it doesn't matter what it is. It, it's from spirituality to absolute practicality. You wouldn't study piano from someone who sounded terrible when they played the <laughs> piano. But, yeah. but we do that in self-help. We yeah. do. Because we don't really discern in that way. So that's one thing. Um, and that's a general across the, the board rule. The other thing is, this person should be someone that you respect and honor and feel good about spending time with. If there's someone, if it's a struggle to spend time with them, but you're doing it because you think they have information that you need to get, there's probably someone else you could get that information from who wouldn't be a struggle. Because you're, there's this opposing energy going on between you feeling uncomfortable being with this person and, but at the same time, you feel like you need to be because they're, they have this information that you want. And, and then this is especially true with spiritual teachers. There's several things to look for. And this is also, all these things are helpful in the general world, but not as easy to find. So the first thing is they treat you as an absolute equal. If they talk up to you, oh, you're so great, that's why I can have you as a student, or you really need my teachings because you're in the dumps, uh, run for the run for the door, or run or, or click the button as next. <laughs> Hit the zoom end button. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Forget that one. Yeah. Uh, but it's more than just what they say, it's how you feel. If you feel uh, like you're dealing with 
some, uh, your equal, a friend, someone you feel comfortable with again, then there's a genuine channel for all sorts of information to flow. But it's especially important if you're dealing with a spiritual teacher, because if they're looking, if they're trying to build up your ego or push it down, uh, then they still have something to learn. Yeah. The next thing is they should be a, a living embodiment of love if they're a spiritual teacher. That doesn't mean they have to be nice. Let me get that clear. Lester was not always nice. And there's some teachers who use ego confrontation as a teaching tool. In other words, they, they, as long as they, they have your permission, this can be very helpful. If someone is good at pointing out what you need to see, that's, mm -hmm. that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. But there, when Lester used to upbraid me, which he did, because uh, I always gave him permission to. Right. And he didn't do that with the general public, but I had this incredible fortunate life where I got to spend a lot of time with him because I was wanting to help others. So he was wanting to help me. And so uh, there has to be this background of love. Uh, if it's not there, um, the only exception is if they're even beyond love. And most people listening to this don't need to worry about that. I've met teachers who are in, in India, for instance, who are called avidus. And they're way, they're so beyond the human experience that you, you don't feel love, you just feel the vastness. Although they're definitely incredibly loving, they, that's not what you feel. Uh, but at the same time, love can be faked by someone who's good at it. So it has to be, a, it has, it's not a, oh, you're so wonderful. It's the feeling in the background. And then the other thing to look for is how you feel with them. Does your, do, does it inspire you to wanna grow? Does it inspire you to wanna honor and, and respect and love yourself? Does it inspire you? to be more caring and giving towards others. Not, not from the rules they set out, but just from being with them. And if you feel, you start to feel peace. That peace is also another indicator. If you're with a genuine teacher, you can't help but feel this sense of sweetness and peace and light and love. And in varying quantities, depending on the teacher, because every teacher is, has their own persona, they're not all the same, but you should look for all those. Now, those last ones, if you're studying the piano, you might not find, or if you're studying how to make more money, you may not find. But if you're looking for someone who's gonna help you on the spiritual path, then make sure that, that you find that. And one other thing, qualifier is someone who's teaching you spiritually, it may also pull up everything inside of you that's contrary to that. As long as there's, when you're with them, you feel that background piece, it, it's okay. That it's bringing up all the things inside of you that's contrary to that. But if you're with this person and you just, you know, are, are, ne are not uplifted, you're kind of pushed into your, your, your limitations without any gift along the way, then it's probably not the teacher for you. Very helpful. I'll thank you for, for fleshing that out. Let's talk about the Sedona method. Sure. So you meet Lester and you obviously see tremendous value to who he is. And how did it get from meeting him to understanding this method and to carrying it forward? <laughs> well, uh, I was very precocious uh, in, in my searching because uh, I met Lester in 1976, November. In January of 1976, I took the advanced program and that was, that was, they had two programs, the basic and the advanced. We had three. And then, in, and then I got permission because I was again being precocious to take the teacher's training in February of 1977. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't get into teaching that much right away because um, 
I needed to test it out in my own life. It wasn't, in, it was years later in 81, where I was invited into a more extended teacher training program and started uh, leading workshops and then leading uh, courses. And then in, uh, in 1992, I think it was, or three, I don't remember the exact date. Um, the then director of training left the organization and Lester, I was in work, helping Lester with some things he needed done in Sedona, Arizona, and the headquarters was in Phoenix. And he said, what are you doing? Well, you know what I'm doing. You, you gave me these assignments, I'm working on them. We said, well, I'd like you to come down to Phoenix and become the director of training. I went, okay. <laughs> and then, so I was Lester's director of training until he passed and also the head of his organization for a while. And then uh, I formed my own uh, organization with my wife uh, after he passed because the nonprofit, I, the mon nonprofit closed and I thought it was more integrous to do it for profit since we, we weren't your typical spiritual organization. We had seminars and courses and audio programs and things like, well, you didn't have audio programs at the time that came later, but so it seemed more integrous since we were charging for programs to have it be our for-profit. And so I set that up with my wife and I think it was 96. And that I've been, that's been the vehicle ever since. Wow. And so Lester's teachings, did he have a variety? Because in my experience with your teachings, it's very focused on this releasing method. And I'd love if you're open to it, to model it. And Oh yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, did he have other teachings and you said, Oh, this, this releasing thing, that's where I want to go all in on. Or was he sort of like you, where he saw the immense value of the Sedona method of this releasing technique. And he primarily taught on that. Well, actually it, it was interesting. He didn't really do the teaching. He always wanted someone else to teach. At, at the time, there was a woman who was the main teacher when I took it. And she, he trained her, but he didn't want to be in the seminars. He would have come in, he would come in and maybe speak for half an hour. And, but he really wasn't into leading. He didn't like being in front of the room. Hmm. He preferred other people in front of the room. But at the time, so before, there are many recordings of Lester from the 60s. And then he spoke to small groups, really small, like 10, 15 people or smaller, eight. Uh, and he'd just speak about truth. It was, it was his version of satsangs. They weren't called that. They were just called meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, and he had his own unique way of expressing truth. Uh, but... Uh, in the early 70s, and the, the people in these groups were, um, were really had saw a lot of positive changes, but he noticed, and he, the main tool he taught them was meditation. And he, people, he helped people get so quiet that they could meditate eight hours at a time and go into samadhi, uh, which is just a very pure, uh, profound meditation but he knows they weren't still moving. So we started looking for something that would be even more powerful than that. And working with some of his students, the Sedona beginnings of the Sedona method was created. And once he discovered this new way of helping people are all based, all focused around letting go, he dedicated the rest of his life to that. So there weren't any, weren't really any choices when I met him that, the, the transition started around 73. I met him in 76. Got it. Okay. Well, I think we've warmed up the audience enough. We've given them a lot of information. I hope they're interested. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, do you want to just sort of model it on me or just model it to like the home listener? Well, let me talk uh, just, I want to just make sure we're all on the same page. So yeah. I need to get a an object. Oh, I can just use this. So uh, those of you watching uh, uh, at your desk or with your digital device, wherever you are, pick up some objects. No, don't do this with your device. Pick up an object. It could be a pen or a pencil or a paper clip. Uh, I don't have any pens on my desk at the moment. 
uh, uh, so I'm going to just use this. It's a, it's a thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> so for the sake of this analogy, the, the object in your hand represents your anger, your fear, your frustration, your self-doubt, your, uh, your guilt, your, your fears, and all of the negative thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that you carry. And your hand represents either your gut or your awareness or consciousness. Now take the object and grip it really tightly with your hand. Now, if we did this long enough, it would start to get very uncomfortable, but also start to feel really familiar because this is what we're doing all the time with our emotions, but that's enough, enough gripping. Now just roll the object around in your hand. Now, is this object attached to your hand? Now, obviously not. But if you think about how you relate to emotions, we relate to them and our thoughts as well. We relate to them as, as though they are us. We say, we don't say, I feel angry. We say, I'm angry. We don't say, I feel sad. We say, I'm sad. And when we have thoughts, uh, whatever the thoughts are, we identify with them. We forget that they're, they're not who we are. And the same thing with our beliefs and all the ideas we have about ourselves. We're, we're gripping them, but there is attached to this, as to you is this object is attached to your hand. So now turn your hand upside down and just let the object go. That's what we mean by letting go. And it really can be that easy. It's just a choice. And no one, people don't usually tell you that. They usually tell you you've got to work up to it and you've got to re-experience all the traumas you had as a young child. You've got to tell the story about why you feel the way you do. <laughs> and all of that in my experience gets in the way. I mean, for instance, in therapy, it's very helpful. And I'm, I'm not dissing any other tools. All tools that point in this direction are useful. But what, what's unique about the Sedona method is it we boiled it down to the simplest of the simple because that's what works the best. Uh, if it's complicated, it, it's, it's hard to do. And young children do this naturally. Do you have any children? Not yet. Not yet. But I'm sure you've seen young children do this because I've yet to meet someone who's ever been around young children who's not seen this. They'll fall down and then look around to see if they need to be upset. And if they don't catch anybody's eye, they get up like nothing happened. They catch mommy or daddy or an adult's eye and it's like, oh, I hurt, it hurts. And, and you know, mommy, daddy kiss it. They get one kiss and they're fine. Or they have a knockdown, drag out fight with, with their, their best friend. And they say, I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm never going to play with you again. And then they drop it. And 10 minutes later, they're playing again together like nothing happened. So young children come in with this natural ability and we train it out of them inadvertently. It's not, we're, we're telling people to sit down and shut up and, and behave and, and act, like, act like we tell you to act. Don't act like we do act. Don't model after us, please. But do act like we want you to. And all those things start sending all these conflicting messages. And they, you know, big boys don't cry and all this other kind of stuff. So we get better and better and better about suppressing and, and, exp and escaping our emotions or occasionally expressing them, but we forget how to let go. But once you remember how to let go, you discover it's natural. It's what happens when you're not suppressing. It's actually a stopping of, of that habit of pushing everything down. You don't actually have to even do this to let go. It's something that happens naturally if you're open to it. So knowing that you can you can do this first process. I'll explain what it is and we'll do it. Now, this isn't the whole Sedona method. This is just a baby step. But years ago, we used to give these DVDs of a Jack, you mentioned Jack Canfield, of a Jack Canfield seminar, where the only uh, 
part of the, the Sedona method that we taught was, the, uh, or, or the mostly the only thing we taught was this first process. And we'd get testimonials just from that because mm -hmm. people saw fears and phobias drop away. They saw their abundance go up, their, their relationships get better just from this, even though it's incredibly simple. So I'm gonna ask you a series of questions and I'm gonna do this rather than put you on the spot, Brendan. Um, I'm gonna do this with everyone listening. Okay. Because uh, I find if you do it with everyone, then it's, e it's the easiest way for everyone to participate fully. Yeah. Yeah. And so I highly encourage you as I go through this process after I explain it, to do your best to, to do it with, uh, with the instructions. You'll find it easy to do if you're open to it. So the first question is, it will just ask you to focus on something you want to change or improve in your life. It doesn't matter what you pick. The next question is, could you just allow yourself to be present with or welcome whatever you're feeling? It, that in and of itself is often a big release. And then the core questions are, could you let it go? And if you were able to drop that object, then I know you can. Would you let it go? And would you as just an invitation to, 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 to check? And if you're ever not sure, it's asking for willingness. And if you're ever not sure, you can ask yourself, would I rather keep suffering or would I, would I rather have this problem or would I rather be free of it or have my goal? And the last question is when? And when is just an invitation to decide to do it now? So let's do it together. And you can do this with eyes open or eyes closed. Sometimes it's easier with eyes closed in the beginning uh, if you're not used to doing this because most people believe you meditate, you do processes with your eyes closed. But the beauty of the Sedona method is uh, it works just as well eyes open. So just experiment. And when I ask these questions, just be honest with yourself and avoid debate. Yes or no are both acceptable answers. As long as you do, you're doing your best to lead from your heart as opposed to your head. So let's do this together. So allow yourself to just be what you are first. Just settle as best you can. And then allow yourself to think of something in your life that you'd like to change or improve. It could be something with your relationships, something with your health, something with your wealth. Could be something about just how comfortable you are in life. And it could also be about where you believe you are spiritually. And then could you welcome whatever that stirs up inside of you? Could you just be present with it? Notice it, allow it as best you can. And then as best you can, just for now, could you let it go? Just could you? Would you? When? Now we'll run through this a couple more times. But you may have felt something on the, on the welcoming. You may have something, uh, something let go. You may have felt something let go on could you, would you, or when. Or you may have saved it all up for when. Doesn't matter. And you may not be sure yet, and that's okay too, because we remember we have a lifetime of practice since we were very young at suppressing and expressing. And many of us have forgotten how to let go. More and more of us are, have started to rediscover this now. It's become very popular, letting go in general. But you still might not have experienced it knowingly and directly as much as you'd like. So again, in this moment, focus on that same thing or anything else that you'd like to change or improve in your life. 
And then could you just welcome whatever it stirs up inside of you? Be present with it, notice it, allow it as best you can. And then as best you can, could you let it go? Just could you? Would you? When? Now that time you probably felt it more. So let's do it one more time for good measure. So again, focus on that same thing or anything else that there's any kind of inner disturbance about. And then could you be present with, oh wow, notice or welcome, whatever it stirs up inside of you. And then as best you can, just for now, could you let it go? Just could you? Would you? When? Okay, good. So if you were doing this on your own, you could say, could I let it go? Would I and when? Or you can use you, either one is fine. So that's just a, the, a little taste of the very beginnings of the Sedona method. And I would highly encourage you to use this in your life, whether or not you do want to do anything more with us, experiment with this. Yeah. Thank you, Hale, for sharing that. Um, just to give the listeners a little more feedback, I've been doing this every day for a few years, I was telling you, and it's been immensely valuable, if not the most valuable meditation or releasing technique I've ever seen. So I'm just want to give that a huge endorsement to the people listening from personal experience and then follow up by asking you, can you do this too much? How should you do it every, <laughs> should you do it every day? Should you do it morning and night? It's like, all right, doctor, what's the prescription? And the prescription is follow your own heart with this. Let your heart lead you. And at the same time, uh, we're always doing something with our emotions without realizing it. We're either suppressing them, expressing them, or letting them go. So if you're having something, you're experiencing something that's unpleasant, you might wanna experiment with it in action, especially. And the, the thing that the easiest way to let go in action is to just welcome or allow or be present with or notice or, or even observe the thoughts and feelings as they arise. When you welcome what arises moment to moment, you don't have to think about it. It, it, it can become second nature and you'll find yourself naturally doing this more and more throughout the day. So you won't even need to take time out to do it. But I highly recommend that once you really get into this, use it often. You'll find that the more you use it, the easier it gets and the more profound the results. Does this work on illnesses, sickness, tension? I remember Jack Canfield saying he wanted to go to some party really badly. Right, I know. He always tells that story. <laughs> and he got yeah, sick. We were, yeah. we, were, we were going to, uh, um, what's her name now? We were going to, oh, I can't remember her name, but we were going to the, we were all invited to this birthday party of a friend of ours, Jack and me and, a, and Deepak Chopra was there. There were a lot of people in the self-help space and he really, Jack really likes hanging out. So he really wanted to go, uh, but his wife came and he didn't. And so I called him up, I said, what's going on, Jack? He said, well, I am getting a cold. I, I don't feel well. I said, well, would you like to release it? <laughs> and he said, you can do that? And I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not being a bit playing doctor with you, but uh, I'm, or taking the place of a doctor, but I can show you how to release the, 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 the emotional content and the symptoms. And 
we we did actually just this process, the one we just did, on the on the symptoms, and within five minutes he felt fine. And then he was disappointed he hadn't gone because <laughs> it was it was too far for him to then travel to and uh, and then uh, and then be at the party. Right. That's that's power. That's powerful. Uh, I, I also wanted to ask and obviously don't need to go through this now we can give listeners links to your programs online but i went through another program where we there was releasing and then you tied it into well is this from approval or is this from the desire to control oh yes 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 and i found out yeah so one of the things that we do is we've just uh wester actually discovered this it's even in his early teachings before it was formalized into a system but he realized that there were these, these motivators that motivate our suffering. And one is we really want to change everything. We want to control it. We want it to be different than the way it is. Instead of being an acceptance and allowing what it is to be and working with it as it is, we're railing against the machine constantly. That's, and, and, and that causes tremendous stress and tension and anxiety within the body-mind mechanism. The other thing is we forget that love is our basic nature. Love comes from inside. It doesn't come from outside. So what happens is we go looking for it in all the wrong places. And when we're looking for love in all the wrong places, we don't find it. And we suffer because of that as well. So we also focus on, on dissolving our desire to get love outside of ourselves. And the other thing is we've identified with these physical instruments. I'm not saying we don't need a body to have a human experience, but we're actually unlimited beings experiencing the human condition. We're not human beings experiencing being. We, we are the beingness that allows for all to appear. And so uh, the the hole back there is a belief that we are a body. And when we believe that we are a body, then all everything else on the planet is a threat. And so we never really are fully relaxed. Even if we're alone at home with no one else around, sitting on a comfortable couch, watching TV, there's this background tension that most people experience all the time because of this fear of, of, of dying. Uh, or of getting hurt, uh, or of losing something important. And that can be released as well. And when you release these underlying motivators, what happens is you feel more in control. You feel the love that you are, and you bring that to to anything you were looking for before. Relationships improve dramatically because of that. And when you lose your when you release the, the, the wanting, the fear of death or the insecure, the inner insecurity, then you live life fully. You're not waiting, even as a young person, fearing for your life all the time. So you can really live full out. And it doesn't mean you act stupidly. You're actually more effective at avoiding things in life that are actually truly detrimental to the body and the mind but you're not constantly in fear so we we definitely do that work in in our uh, longer programs and i i like to wait for the longer programs to get into that more in depth but that's enough if you just start noticing those inner motivators and notice that there there's something beyond that and by the way, the thing that's beyond that, let me talk just a little bit about that. Yeah. We've been talking more about the technique and things to let go of, but why do you want to do that? Besides having more money, better relationships and radiant <laughs> health and well-being, those are all great. Yeah. But, but the real, in my experience, the real reason to let go is because all our limiting thoughts, feelings, and beliefs are obstructing us to some degree from seeing our true inner radiance, our inner beauty, mm. our inner uh, knowingness, 
And that inner knowingness is already who you are. You are already beingness or awareness or presence. And you can notice this at any moment. And every time you do notice that, it dissolves. It's actually the most powerful way in my experience to dissolve limitations is to recognize that you aren't that. You are that which is aware of it. And so that is, in my experience, that's why I took the Sedona method. All the other stuff that I've gotten through the years uh, was, was bonus. Uh, uh, the, the main thing is this living sense of awareness or beingness or isness that is the source of, uh, it also be, could be call, called stillness or love or beauty. And that's at the core of everyone listening to me right now. And you, many of you probably noticed is that it's a little more on the surface just because we were paying attention. Just by noticing it, it, it seems like it increases. It never changes. It's just the noise subsides a little and that which you truly are shines forth. When did you realize this? Was this early in your studying with- um, Oh, with, actually, with I, I didn't really know how to describe it or understand it fully until the, I would say the nineties, but I started experiencing it. I actually, in retrospect, discovered, realized that I'd been experiencing it off, off and on since I was very young. I didn't, and everyone does. I wasn't special because of that. What happens is when, when we have a strong desire for anything, as a young kid, it could be for a piece of pizza. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And you, and you satisfy that desire temporarily the desire quiets along with all the thoughts attached to it. And that good feeling that you get is just you being you. So you get it watching a sunset. You get it listening to music. You, you get it making love. But what we don't realize is the goodness in all those things, not that any of those things are bad, Go for it with gusto. Uh, but we, we mistakenly think that it comes from the person, place, or thing. And, and it comes from having to satisfy the desire, but it comes from just your true self shining through. That's your true source of happiness. And uh, so... I started experiencing that right away from, from releasing. I mean, I'm talking before the first day was over, probably before the first hour was over of the course. But in the 90s, I started recognizing, Wester had talked about how it, it was just you being you, and I got tastes and glimpses of it, but it didn't become my living experience and, until sometime in the 90s, yeah. early 90s. Got it. Yeah. And, and when, just to go back to you're talking about the, the secondary or the more advanced releasing strategy with the approval or control. Sure. In my experience that you'd say, oh, what emotion is here? Fear. Is it from approval or control? Yeah. Control. 90% of the time for me. <laughs> and, and I've just been able to release so much. And what you were describing, hopefully this resonates with some of the listeners, is fighting against the machine. Like that was yes, my life yes. for many years. And it's like to just sort of accept what is and let go. And then you kind of get on a more real path anyway. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that because that's really helped me let go of a lot of control um, and that fear associated with it. Sure. But do, do you feel more or less in control now? More in control. Right. Yeah, I know, that's, definitely. Yeah. That, and that's, that's the, that's an important thing for everyone to note Yeah, is that when you're, uh, you're not letting go of control, you're letting go of the feeling that you're out of control. You're not letting go of love. You're letting go of the feeling that you lack it. 
you're not letting go of security, you're letting go of your insecurity. And when you recognize that, it it's, uh, feels safer to do. When people hear, let go of control, what are you, nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but if, you, if you're being honest, I mean, right now, in, at, look at the world. People feel less in control than normal. We can't really even do a lot of the normal things that we usually do because of, of COVID and there's so much else going on on the planet right now that keeps us like this inside. Yeah. And this using this process, you have the opportunity to be at peace, whether you're stuck at home or you can go out, <laughs> whether, you're, whether you have uh, enough money in the bank or whether you're struggling to make ends meet. But if you are struggling to make ends meet, and you also have all the emotional trauma on top of that, it's hard to figure out ways to get, th get through the day. Yeah. And, but what happens is when you let go and when you recognize that which you truly are, you find yourself naturally doing things that are in a way that's more beneficial, not just for you, but for everyone you care about. And yeah. it's very, it's natural. It's, it can be actually effortless. That word effortless resonates with my experience of your teachings. And I also have noticed that um, my intake of alcohol has gone down. I eat healthier. I'm just more at peace by practicing your techniques. And I saw a quote once from a, a philosopher, Blaise Pascal. He said, all of the problems of the world would be um, avoided if a man could sit comfortably and quietly alone in a room, something right. of that nature. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I, I feel like I'm able to sit alone and not need these distractions and TV and social media as much through this process. Is that common from other oh, people? It's again, the, the most universal thing is that people feel happier, quieter inside, more relaxed, more comfortable in their own skin, yeah. more self-fulfilled, self-nurtured, uh, satiated. Yeah. And also it's very, very common from that place, it's easier to know what you need to do about money and things tend to come to you. From that place, you're, you're easier to relate to. So relationships go better. From that yeah. place, you're not sabotaging your body's healing mechanisms. And you also, just as you said, are, are attracted to things that are health, healthier and you don't feel like you're giving anything up. Uh, and so it, it's, and again, it's, uh, believe it or not, I'm toning it down. And I have to do that because it, one of the problems is most self-help things are about one thing, like making more money or having better relationships. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I know experts, at, I mean, Jack is an amazing expert at uh, of success. Yeah. Uh, if you want to study the what to do about success, Jack Canfield is, is your go-to person. Yeah. At least one, it should be one of your top go-to people. Yeah. So it's hard to imagine that one technique could affect all these areas. And, but, because we often already know what we need to do, but aren't doing it, we're getting in our own way. Mm -hmm. When you get out of your own way, then you naturally can do what people like Jack tell you to do, or people like John Gray, or um, what's her name? Oh, there's, there's so many experts. I was gonna talk about another a relationship expert, right, yeah. Uh, but a lot of people give you incredibly good advice, but you find that you're not following it because you're getting in your own way. So this is a way to get yourself out of your own way. Yeah, and I would just pro propose that knowledge sharing is extremely valuable, but this is more of an embodied, physical, mm -hmm. emotional, spiritual experience that. I would say can go deeper into your all of your body mind connection um, 
in my experience at least. Yes, no, I, that's been my experience, but yep. it's again, it's not a substitute. I mean, again, you yep. can be very blissed out, and, <laughs> but if you don't, you don't know what to do to make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, can, you still might not make any. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, that's well so, said. So they, yeah. they're, they're, they go in harmony. Yeah. The, the, the information and the context should be in harmony. Yeah. In my experience. Absolutely. Um, obviously want to make sure there's time to talk about your books, your programs, link sharing, but just first, like, what would you recommend if this episode resonated with a listener right now and they went to your website, Sedona.com, I'll share more links as well. But where would you point them to first, like in terms of a program? Well, it, depends, it depends on what you're interested in. The simplest place to start is we have a six video audio program called Letting Go Made Easy. Okay. So again, we're into ease. And, <laughs> and, it, and it's very reasonably priced. It's, I think it's only $100 for the, the six videos. And it teaches all... It teaches what we covered today, but a lot. It teaches you how to make more money by letting go, how to have better relationships by letting go, how to increase your, your health and well-being by letting go, and also how to see through your limitations to that underlying peace and truth and light and love that's right within you. So it does that one program does all of it. So that's a great place to start. Uh, if you're not up for doing a program, then there are two books I would recommend, actually three. They're actually right behind me. One is Rhonda Byrne has a new book called The Greatest Secret. Uh, and it's about, the, it's about discovering the truth of who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's the whole focus of the, of the book. And it has many uh, teachers in it, including myself and Lester, uh, sharing their unique way and, and Rhonda's unique way of looking at this topic. And it's nice to hear it through many voices, all pointing at the same thing. It, it gives it uh, more clarity and more authority because it's not just one pe person saying it, it's a whole group of people and they all say it in their own unique way. So it, it's, it really helps. So The Greatest Secret is a book I would recommend. Uh, so I'm fine if you, even though it's not my book, it's Rhonda's book. I'm happy if you put that as a link uh, on the uh, on the page below, but the uh, on the on the notes for the Show podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I have two books. One is called the Sedona Method, and it's it's all the ins and outs of the techniques uh, that we've just started talking about together. Mm -hmm. And then the other book is called Happiness Is Free, and it's easier than you think. <laughs> and uh, that book, book is quoted 65 times in Rhonda's book. Uh, and it's, or more, I, 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 it's at least 65 times. And what that book is, is it's West, how Lester used to teach before we had the Sedona method. It's his talks, 35 either aphorisms or sayings from him and, and or whole talks from him. And then at the end of each one, I share a releasing exercise or perspective that will help you apply it in your life. So that's also a very powerful book. And I just re-released it as a, used to, used to be five separate books. And I combined them all into one book uh, and then added all mostly new releasing explorations at the, at the end of each uh, session with Lester. Uh, and a nice long, description of Lester's process. People like to hear about people's process. So anyway, so if you, if you want to read a book, I would recommend either one of those books or either or one of those three books. Yeah. Uh, and, but what I, the most thing, the thing I'd recommend, and, and we also have uh, all these amazing free resources uh, at the Sedona Method page on Facebook. There are videos we put up regularly. There's also uh, quotes from me and Lester every day, new ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's also a couple hundred free videos on the Sedona Method uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and so uh, there's that. And also I'm starting a podcast. Uh, I can't give you the link to that yet. Well, actually ask uh, Katie that 
I, when he, uh, uh, depends when we, uh, we broadcast this, but anyway, but the, uh, I'm starting a podcast and I'm going to be interviewing the teachers from the greatest secret and mm -hmm. also the original secret, which I was in. So I'm going to be having these amazing conversations. I already started and they're uh, kind of mind blowing conversations we've been having. So, wow. uh, so that's going to be on the podcast and the podcast is called um, Letting Go and the Greatest Secret. Wow. So for books, we have The Greatest Secret and then Hale's two books, The Sedona Method and Happiness is Free. I have a link here, um, sedona.com slash happiness dash is dash free. Yes. So that's for the new book. Yeah. Um, YouTube channel, The Sedona Method, mm -hmm. Facebook page, and then your programs. I have a link, sedona.com slash Brendan Burns. Yes. I'm yes. now part of your website. This is yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and then for those, just one last question. I would imagine letting go made easy would be the first program. Is there a more advanced program, a second one after letting go made easy for people? Here's what I recommend you do. They're they're listed on the website, and I want to spend a lot of time doing a sales pitch because I I prefer if you um, follow your own heart here. Okay. Uh, there's a few things listed. I do longer programs, retre uh, retreats. It's all digital now. It's all Zoom and yeah. audio. Uh, we don't do, we're, we stop doing live presentations and we'll start again once enough people are vaccinated. <laughs> where, where do you do those geographically? Uh, well, Sedona, Arizona, and yeah. then in Europe and uh, all actually all over the world. So um, I don't know when we restart them, but they'll probably be in different places around the world. Uh, so, uh, but, but the thing to do is uh, at the very least, uh, maybe sign up for our newsletter so you know is what programs are coming up that are live. Mm -hmm. But, and that's also on the Brendan Birds page where you can, yep. the newsletter link. But uh, what I recommend you do is just start anywhere, including just with the stuff we've already spoken about yeah. And then follow your heart. If you want to go deeper, take the next step. Yeah. And it's all kind of, it's pretty spelled out on our website. Yeah. Well, thank Sedona. you. Yeah. Thank you, Hal. Just the link again, Sedona.com slash Brendan Burns. Uh, the reason why I've asked so many questions is less about sales and more because I'm just so genuinely interested in all of the above. At, like I said, as someone who is so benefited from your process and, and system. So. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, anything else that you want to leave our audience with? Oh, uh, sure. I'll just quote. Here, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I, here's what I just want to leave everyone with this: to, a few things to re rec uh, remember. Yeah. First off, remember that feelings and thoughts are just that; they're not you, and you can let them go. And then also remember, or be open at least to the possibility that that which is looking through those eyes, hearing through those ears, experiencing through that body is actually pure awareness. It's the source of happiness. It's the source of peace. It's the source of love. And if you look towards that, you can discover it in any moment. You, you've, you're already tasting it a little more right now just by me talking about it. So give that your attention. Look through whatever's going on in the moment and notice what is changelessly present moment to moment. Each moment is different, but at its core is this changeless beingness or awareness and give that your attention as best you can. You'll be happy you did. Thank you again for your time. What a great way to conclude this show with presence and embodiment. And I'm gripping my pen and <laughs> dropping it to the ground because that feels good. <laughs> Hale, thank you again for coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. 
Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.